Welcome to Teacher Zion Podcast. Hi there, it's Friday, April 28th, 2023. And uh, before I go any further on this podcast episode, I need to address not the elephant in the room, but the cat in the room. So I've had some comments, some emails. Uh, you may have noticed uh, this little furball was in the middle of my episode last week. Um, I did not even notice that he was there when I was recording. It wasn't until afterwards when I was editing. wasn't much I could do about it. I figured probably get some comments. Um, so this is Little Man, uh, and he is a rescue. Um, we got him in a shelter. Uh, he had a feral mommy who gave birth to him and a sister, and he's a Manx kitten or cat. I guess he's now full grown for the most part. Um, what a joy he is. He is such a character and as you can see, a goofball completely. Um, and he's very much dog-like, uh, very interesting. He's very much a character, very much a lover, loves to play, loves to fetch, play fetch. So if you throw things, get toys for him. Now, most cats I've known my whole life, I buy toys. They completely ignore them. Uh, they might like a cat tree or something, but they don't play with toys. I get a box or a piece of paper. They're all over that. Well, so is he. But you buy him a toy, he's going to use it. And you buy him a ball or a little mice or whatever and toss them around, he's going to go run after them, bring them back to you, and drop that at your feet so you can throw it again. Uh, so yeah, he's a, he's a sweetheart. Just wanted to mention, uh, his name is little man. Uh, his formal, uh, I guess legal name was, um, Sir Wigglesworth. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but somehow we just ended up calling him little man. And, uh, yeah, he's a, he is a bundle of joy in our life. So moving on, I want to talk today a little bit about Jonah. That's, that would be Jonah and the whale or Jonah and the big fish or whatever you want to say, the book of Jonah. Um, so that came to my mind this week. Um, the book of Jonah is an interesting book to say the least. Um, Jonah is not only a, I guess you'd say rebellious prophet, uh, but at one point he is even a false prophet um, because Jonah does appear in one other time in the Old Testament. And it's during the reign of King Jeroboam II, uh, king in northern, in the nation of Israel in the north. Um, and Jeroboam II was one of Israel's worst kings. And Jonah prophesied in his favor, basically promising him that he would win a battle and regain all of his territory that was on Israel's northern border. Now, also at that time, the prophet Amos also came to Jeroboam. And specifically counteracted or countered what Jonah's prophecy said. And he promised to Jeroboam that he would lose all those same territories uh, because he was such a wicked king. And of course, that is what came to pass. So Jonah appears in one other place other than the book of Jonah and appears to be falsely prophesying. So I guess we could probably question his character right at the beginning here. But in the book of Jonah, we find a prophet who is angry at God. And why is he angry at God? For loving his enemies. 
And so I think this is very much in line with us looking at the everlasting covenant, the new covenant, basically the covenant that Christ makes with us or that we make with him, that he made possible through the cross. This is very much God. Uh, it's in one of the places in the Old Testament, many places where he's preparing people for the covenant, the true covenant and the true nature of who God really is. So Jonah is not at all like the other books of the prophets in the Old Testament because they are typically collections of God's word spoken through that prophet. But this book doesn't actually focus on the words of the prophet at all. Uh, rather, it's a story about the prophet himself, which I believe was recorded to teach the reader something important about the very nature of God and the nature of God versus the nature of fallen man or the natural man. So you have this prophet, the man of God, who rebels and is angry at his own God. And you have these godless sailors or pagan sailors who are supposed to be really immoral, right? But actually, they have a soft, repentant heart, and they actually turn to God in humility. And you have a king of one of the most murderous empires on the planet, and he humbles himself before God because of Jonah's five-word sermon. So the story opens as God addresses Jonah, and he commissions him to go preach against the evil and the injustices done in Nineveh, which is the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. And if you know anything about the history of the Assyrian Empire and its interactions with Israel, both the northern and the southern kingdom of Judah, you know that this is quite an enemy and an enemy of the Lord himself. So the, here the Lord is asking Jonah to go and preach to them. But instead of going east to Nineveh, Jonah is going to go in the opposite direction and find a ship that can go as far west as you can possibly go, which I believe is Tarshish. So the man of God tries to run from God or tries to run from the responsibility that God has placed on him in his life, the ministry that he's wanting him to perform. Now, at this point, I can completely understand Jonah's reluctance. You see, I have found myself in this exact same position. Uh, I once ran from God and what he wanted me to do. And just like Jonah, the Lord prepared a whale to swallow me up or a fish, if you will. And that whale or fish, in my case, was basically a trip to the hospital and an extended stay uh, and a long recovery time, which gave me time to think and ponder. And so I realized that I was wrong. Um, I had a change of attitude and it wasn't because I, it wasn't from fear or anything, just actually came to a realization that um, I actually wanted to do what it is I, God wanted me to do that that actually became the desire of my heart and so I repented and so I guess I can I can comprehend Jonah at this point him and I have something in common and so Jonah boards a ship full of pagan sailors he goes down into the ship down into the hull and he falls asleep and then God sends a huge storm and this is such a violent storm that Evidently, the sailors recognize 
that there's no way this is just a regular storm. God has sent the storm to wake Jonah. He's, he's trying to wake up his prophet. And the sailors above board are wide awake, of course, and they see everything that is happening. And they can discern that there is some divine power at work here. And so what do they do? Well, they throw the dice and they discover Jonah must be the culprit. And so they go and wake Jonah and they ask him to explain himself. And Jonah tells them that, well, this is his God, the God of Israel, and he's the one that's doing this. And when the sailors ask him, uh, Jonah, what should they do? Um, he says the most unexpected thing, pick me up and throw me into the sea and then the sea will be calm. So Jonah is telling them essentially to kill him. So has Jonah become, I guess, a little bit like Elijah here, maybe having lost all hope or not desiring to go on with whatever it is that he's supposed to do is basically just begging God to kill him. Would he rather die than go to Nineveh? Um, evidently. So the sailors are reluctant, of course, and they do actually even repent to God, even as they toss him overboard. But the storm subsides and they end up fearing God. They end up fearing the God of Israel, these pagan sailors. And so already some good is coming out of this, right? So unlike Jonah, they actually end up worshiping God. But Jonah doesn't get to escape by drowning. He doesn't escape by death. Instead, God provides a large fish, it says, some sort of creature of the sea. It swallows him up. And Jonah utters a prayer. He never technically says that he's sorry, but he does thank God that he did not utterly abandon him. And so he knows God is pursuing him. God is preserving him in some way. And on some level, Jonah repents because he says, basically, you know what? Uh, I promise to do what you want me to do from this point. And so the whale vomits Jonah up onto dry land. And once again, God commissions Jonah to go and preach to Nineveh. And Jonah does comply. Now, here's what's interesting. I think he's given a day to deliver this message. And it's a huge city. I mean, you got to get this message to whomever. And basically, Jonah walks in there and he just delivers one line and leaves. And that one line is 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. That's it. No explanation. No further words. Nothing else. He leaves the city. Bare minimum, I would say. So just five words in the Hebrew language, actually. And what's interesting is there's no mention of what the Ninevites have done wrong or what they should do to respond or how to repent. No mention of who might overturn them. And his message doesn't even mention God. So is Jonah actually trying to sabotage this whole thing that God wants to do? Um, is he trying to ensure the Ninevites destruction? Because surely they're not going to repent just because some crazy guy shows up and utters these five words. But with these few short words and no other explanation attached, the king of Nineveh and the entire city repent in sorrow. 
and thus God forgives the Ninevites. Therefore, he doesn't bring destruction on the city. Interestingly, when Jonah prophesied that the city would be overturned in Hebrew, that word can actually refer to a city being overthrown or destroyed, uh, like Sodom and Gomorrah. But it also can mean to describe that something will be transformed. So ironically, Jonah's words actually came to pass. His prophecy came true. Unlike the one to the King Jeroboam, this one comes to pass, but not in the way that Jonah intended. Because we find that uh, the city has transformed. It's changed. It's repented. And so we find that uh, Jonah now is very, extremely angry about this. I mean, he wanted them to be destroyed, I guess. And now I have to ask this question. Have you ever found yourself feeling in a similar way towards someone or a group of people? After 9-11, did we as a nation have a desire to go and kick somebody's butt? I mean, there was a lot of death and destruction and things happened. It's easy when we have an enemy or perceived enemy and has hurt us or hurt people that we love. It is easy to want revenge. It is easy to want that justice, and that's understandable. Do we ever wish for someone's destruction? Or maybe even secretly down, deep down inside, do we wish for something bad to happen or wish that God would, would exact justice? Sometimes we find ourselves facing an enemy, uh, someone who is cruel, um, or someone has caused you or your family uh, great distress. It is very hard to love a true enemy. And yet that is exactly what Jesus asks us to do in his gospel message. Jonah, upset at God, explains to God that he did not run away at the beginning because he was afraid, because he just knew that God was so merciful. That's interesting. And he prays that God will just kill him on the spot. In other words, Jonah would rather die than live with a God who can forgive his enemies. Fortunately for Jonah, God doesn't comply. He simply asks Jonah if his anger is justified. Jonah ignores the question and he goes outside the city and on a nearby hill. He waits to see what might happen next. You know, maybe the Ninevites will return to their sin, you know, and perhaps God will change his mind. But what happens next is very odd. God provides this viney plant that actually shades Jonah from the sun. And that makes Jonah very happy. But then the next moment we find that God sends a tiny worm to eat up the plant and Jonah loses his shade. And there in the heat of the sun, Jonah asks again for God to just kill him. At this point, I think the Lord is simply trying to open a line of communication with Jonah once more. God wants to have a conversation with Jonah. And Jonah is simply ignoring God's questions. So he goes through this blessing from God, which he enjoys Yet he does not bother to thank God for it. 
And then God removes the blessing. And as he continues to sit there waiting for God to revoke his mercy and bring justice again to the Ninevites, God asks Jonah if his anger is justified. And Jonah basically yells back to him, absolutely, just let me die. Now, I think those are the last words that Jonah utters. But the book concludes with God observing how Jonah got very upset over the loss of just this little vine, which he only enjoyed for just one day. And God basically asks a question. He asked Jonah if people aren't perhaps a bit more valuable than a vine. Jonah never does answer. But I think God is actually addressing this question to the reader of the book at this point. Are you okay with the fact that God loves our enemies? This book holds a mirror up to us and anyone who would read it and in Jonah, we see really the worst parts of our fallen nature just magnified right there on the page. You, you almost feel like you got to wince. But have we not all sinned? And have we not all, at one time or another, been an enemy to God? The natural man is an enemy of God. And at one point or another, in our lives, whether knowingly or unknowingly, um, we have been an enemy. The story of Jonah seeks to find within ourselves both humility and the gratitude that God would love his enemies, that he would put up with us and love us even when we fail him. Rather than toss us to the side and be done with us altogether, God is patient and kind, and his hand is drawn out to us and asking us to come to him. Jesus, the very manifestation of God on earth in the flesh, being nailed to a cross and just inhumanely treated, taunted and tormented and mocked. And we're talking about the creator of heaven and earth and all the universe. He was mocked by his own creation. And he was treated like a criminal. And he was the only person to ever walk this earth without any sin. And yet, what did he say? He forgave us. He forgave them. And he forgave us. Even while we were still in our own sins. Thank you for joining me. I know this was a short broadcast today. Um, hopefully, uh, I will have an interview next week or we'll have a longer broadcast. Things have been a bit crazy lately, but I do appreciate uh, everyone that does uh, support us and listen and spreads the word. I thank you for all your prayers and, uh, until next we meet, God bless. <music>